Uh, you guys ready to start? Yeah. yeah, man. Hey, which uh, which theme song do you like of ours the best? I have no preference. Me neither. All right, all right. Well, I got a new one for you. Oh boy! Because we had to get rid of the Buck Showalter one. You know, the, the last one mentioned Buck Showalter and some other references that were out of date, and the other one's way too long. So I went back to the guy who wrote the original song for us and asked him to make us a new one. So that's what we're going with tonight. Nice. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a more day. Black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Bert Roday. What up, Coconuts? And the button lover, Josh Sroka. How you guys doing? Josh, appreciate, appreciate the new intro. Did you tell the guy, hey, listen, we don't know any players, if, if any Oriole players will be here or coaches it's, will be here for more than one season. <laughs> and we want to use your song for more than one season. So can you please not mention any names? It's like it's like you read my my conversation. It's like you were there. The conversation went with, hey, everyone loved the first song you did for us. And it was the whole buckle up birds and all. Yeah. And it was like that was awesome. And like we wish we could still play that, but we've moved on. And now we have no idea what the future of the team looks like. But we know Birdland, so we can go with Birdland. So if you did, I, use did that. I hear the word uh, rebuild in there too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> there's mention of a rebuild in there as well. But yes, it's it's very tough to make a song that's Oriole themed. That uh, and I I don't think he says rebuild, but something about like good or bad retooling. Retooling, we're still there. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, it's the it's I'm a, I like it a lot. Guy did a great job. And I've listened to it multiple times before uh, spending sending it to you guys, and that whole "Welcome to Birdlands" thing gets stuck in my head. So I think it's a winner just for that. There you go. So yeah, welcome, until, "Welcome to Birdlands," our new theme song. Until one strawberry listener complains about it, but until then, let's enjoy it. How many strawberries complained about that minute section three thirty six song, or the minute and a half one with all the sound clips? The strawberries get what they want. This is like thirty two seconds. <laughs> it's true that's they just don't like the long interest yeah you, know. you guys so, been watching some world series you're gonna jump right into the world series well i was gonna comment I was, that I, I i can only watch five innings of world series games that's why well yeah that's because you don't like the eight o'clock starts it is yeah. ridiculous no i'm okay with eight o'clock starts i don't like the 1 a.m finishes is where i struggle yeah yeah well it, it's because yeah every game is five hours yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know how anyone on the East Coast can watch it. I just, I don't, I don't understand how anyone can work a job and live on the East Coast and still watch all the World Series games. Unless you're like a national fan and you just choose not to have, not to sleep that week. I, I don't understand. But yeah, there's, like a, there's a girl in our carpool uh, for my oldest daughter in high school who's from Houston. 
And she was complaining in the carpool this afternoon about losing sleep because she has to stay up and watch the Houston Astros till 1 a.m. or whenever it ends. It, it, they've been ending between 12 and 1230. Yeah, uh, I know you're amped up from the game and you can't even sleep after that probably. Uh, if you're not a fan of it, I'm not amped up at the end of the games. But I, I'm also used to being up late like that. I'm normally up late working no, on other not, things. Not um, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, I know that but yeah, if you're if you're a fan of the team, no problem. You're staying up. I mean, totally. We've all stayed up for for West Coast trips that had a whole lot less value, less importance than the World Series. But uh, not yeah. not uh, my favorite guy to listen to is Tony Kornheiser, who's a huge Nationals fan. But he also like goes to bed at the fifth inning even for World Series games. <laughs> he makes right. me laugh. Well, he can probably close in. He he's got his world where he can probably close everything off enough for him to wait until the morning to finish the game. Yeah, yeah. my favorite my favorite new routine is just I check the score in the morning. I'm not losing sleep over a World Series I have no rooting interest in. Uh, I watch I do weekend days. Like I watch the was it Friday night? I watch that whole game because I'll do games on the weekend, but just not the whole game. The I weekend. think yeah, I think Sunday night was the only game I didn't finish. Yeah. Um. What's that Florida time zone? Yeah, yeah, Florida time zone. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of Florida, I had a nice uh, Florida weekend on Saturday as I did the most Florida thing I could think of, and we went to the alligator farm. Okay. This is how every good Florida man story starts. We are now now, uh, uh, members at the alligator farm. Oh, my God. So we bought our membership and went and checked out all the different alligators. I'm pretty sure there's over a thousand alligators in this tiny little farm, zoo thing. It's I w- uh, in Jacksonville, uh, St. Augustine. You? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's this one part where you go over like these bridges, uh, that like a big U of bridges, and you're just have a, a bu- hundreds of alligators on each side of the bridge, just climbed on top of each other, staring at you. Where you're pretty sure they could just all just jump up and attack and kill you all. But they're too did lazy. You get to feed, did you get to feed them? Did not feed them. Did you get to sit on one? No. Didn't That's get to do I, any of that stuff. We I got went to, to the Gatorland Zoo in Orlando, and, and we fed them and sat on them. Well, I know. I got to watch them, and I saw two fight where they were biting at each other's and grabbed one uh, chomped down on the tail of another. That was, and that was the most entertainment thing for me. <laughs> and I, I mean, I saw them feed them feed the alligators i didn't get to feed an alligator i didn't oh. sit on an alligator they were all uh, on the other side of the glass and fence thing i would, I would want no part of that i once uh, went to a mutant farm in kansas where there was prairie dogs everywhere and that was scary enough forget about the al- alligators everywhere that's too much for me i still wonder what happens when uh when the when the hurricane comes because that's going to raise all these waters so don't you think all these alligators will just leave like, are how they, do they deal with that? Aren't they in, like, mad, man-made ponds? Yeah, but they're huge ponds. Yeah, but... Uh, There's it, no lid. The hur- but a hurricane isn't going to raise the level of the pond over a fence, right? The fence is only, it's only, like, two feet. Maybe oh. three feet. It's not, like, huge... Like I, could, I don't know if they have. How long has the zoo been open? If they haven't gotten out by this point, oh, it's sure like a hundred, uh, like a hundred years or something. It's yeah, super yeah. old. I, I don't thought know. they made a movie about this called Meg or something. Wasn't there a movie about an alligator that gets loose and kills everybody? Yeah. No, that's cr- that's Crawl. Oh yeah, Crawl. Yeah. Crawl is the movie about alligators. Oh, 
So, but uh, no, I don't know. Like, it's not that big of a fence. Like, I could reach over the side and pet the alligators if I wanted. I don't think that's wise. I feel like they'd bite my hand, but it's close. Do they like have he, any, any other animals there other than alligators? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Snakes, I'm sure. They got right? snakes. They got a king cobra, some uh, vipers, a bunch of birds. Tortoises? Uh, oh, yeah, some big tortoises. Yeah. Yeah, big, cool. en- big enough that Camden said, that's not real, and then it moved. <laughs> uh, lemurs? No, not lemurs. Meerkats? There are lemurs. But uh oh now I'm blanking. Lemurs like to sing. I like to move and move. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a bunch of them there. <laughs> there's sloths as well. Oh, the sloths cool. were sloths cool. Were the bomb. Yeah, those were yeah. those were cool. But it was like cool. Sloth cool. So it was Mandy's birthday this weekend, so we said we haven't gone out and done any Florida things. Let's go have a nice family Florida experience. So the Saint Augustine uh, alligator farm was that for us because it's nearby our home. Very cool. So when you guys watch Halloween movies in Florida, like here, when I turn on AMC to watch Halloween movies, first of all, I haven't turned on AMC in like 10 years because I don't have AMC. But back in the day, I remember they'd be all Halloween movies in Florida. Do they just play a bunch of different alligator movies about killer alligators like Lake Placid and um, and Meg or Crawl or whatever? I think we celebrate Halloween the same way you celebrate Halloween. I okay. don't think there's anything know, different, different in zone, Florida about uh, Halloween. Beliefs. I will I don't say, know. I don't know how you guys do it down there. I will say, look for my report. Crack it off farms up here, I'll tell you that much. Look for my report uh, mid-November as we got invited to a uh, hayride, fall festival, and s'mores party in mid-November at a farm nearby. And if I'm paying attention down here in Florida... Leaves don't change colors, and the temperature hasn't cooled off, so it's going to be quite the fall festival down in Florida. Uh, mm. I could, uh, you could import some pumpkins. You guys, either you we, guys, we've got, we've got pumpkins. <laughs> There's pumpkins, <laughs> and yes, yes, the kids will trick right. or treat on Thursday. We okay. we, we celebrate the same holidays. Knock- we are part of America. Do you guys have doors down there to knock on? Yeah, we got doors, we got driveways, garages. It's all it's all normal. Josh, you dressing up and going with your girls? I uh, like parents who dress up with their kids. Can I say that? Emma asked me to dress up, but I said maybe. But then I looked, and it was just I didn't want to spend money on buying costume parts and all. Mm-hmm. So, the, to make your kids happy, you you put a price tag on that. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, Bert, there's always are, a price are you tag your on kids, kids happy, happy. And, and going as some uh, doctor. Kevorkian, I don't know, Doctor X from X Men, <laughs> <laughs> Professor X. Yeah, that guy. No, I'm not dressing up, but uh, we are going to the Meyerhof on Sunday to see the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra accompany the feature presentation of Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters film. Oh, that sounds uh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. So uh, we've done a couple of those. We've seen Harry Potter. Uh, Order of the Phoenix. We've seen Star Wars. Do do your kids? So now we're doing Ghostbusters. Do your kids appreciate the greatness of yeah. Ghostbusters? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're not. Uh, it's and, the original, see, right? We actually have. Yeah, the not the girl not one. Girl, no, no girl right. Ghostbusters. Get out of here. Um, yeah, we we even bought ourselves Ghostbusters T-shirts for the uh, festivities. So we're, oh, we're not we're jumpsuits. Go. You got to get jumpsuits. No, 
Well, I'm sure there will be people there in jumpsuits. Like when we saw Harry Potter, you'd have thought it was the whole student body of Hogwarts was there uh, in costume. Oh, yeah, that's a whole bunch of nerds. But uh, yeah, it should be pretty cool. That's that's what I'm I'm more excited for that than trick or treating. And but. Matt, how are you celebrating Halloween over on the Eastern Shore? Is there a house near you that you can walk to to trick or treat at? Uh, no, uh, we will get zero trick or treaters. Uh, we will have to if we wanted to go trick or treating, we would have to drive to someone else's neighborhood because there's no one close beside us. Um, out that's on the Eastern Shore. Too. Yeah, but. But we'll do the old. Um, we don't do the the door to door. We do the. I guess this is popular now. Is this everywhere? Josh, there's a thing over here in Maryland called trunk or treat, where you <laughs> roll up to people's trunks and you get candy out of the trunks or something. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but that's what we're doing. And the people who do it like go crazy with their trunks. They had one at yeah. my kids' elementary school a few weeks ago. It was insane. Sometimes you can get really lame trunk or treats, or you can get really cool like trunk or treats. This one was really cool. Like people had like a Jurassic Park trunk. They decorated their whole trunk like Jurassic Park. Yeah, we went to cool. one like that last year. Uh, I've seen some. I've driven by churches and uh, shopping centers that have trunk or treat signs down here, but we haven't gone to one down here. Yeah, Taz isn't ready to go knocking on random people's doors yet, so we're gonna <laughs> have to stick with knocking on random people's trunks, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. Then trunks are open, so they can just shove them in real quick. Yeah, I, like, I feel so. like trunk or treats should be scarier than knocking on someone's door, but for some reason, that's like the that's like supposed to be the safe way to go. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I'm not dressing up either. But Silas is going as a firefighter, so we're pretty excited about that. He's got the axe and everything. All right, <laughs> that's cool. Cameron, right, can Cameron's going as stuff? a skeleton. She's very excited to hey, go as a skeleton. That's what Albie's being. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, that's funny. You guys rocking the glow in the dark? How is Albie not being like Spider-Man or Black Panther? That's or... what I said. Iron He's Man. Got all those, those are just like his everyday costumes. <laughs> he needed to get something special for Halloween. Okay. And, and he, put on, he put on the skeleton costume, looked in the mirror, and immediately took it off. He scared himself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have a similar response every morning when I look in the mirror. <laughs> All right, so you want to get into this World Series talk? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the news. Oh, you know what? You wanted my button. That's what you wanted because you love these new sound effects, right? Ladies and gentlemen, the starting lineup. Apparently, Ryan Wagner has no interest in doing that intro for us. <laughs> Did you ask him? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, because why not and have the guy who intros? Did he say I have zero interest? No, he, no response. Uh, okay. Ryan Wagner, you're dead to me. Thanks for that. Yep. Well, um, uh, who's who's calling the games for the Ravens now? Because Bruce Cunningham's out, right? Know, right? Who? Oh, you mean at the stadium? At the stadium. I don't know. Because, see, I need the next guy. <laughs> I, I need to reach out to the next guy. I mean, I can always get Adam Pohl to do it, but. I thought I'd try these. I'd try uh, for the Orioles announcer first. Yeah, but the Ravens. Uh, I guess when they they announce a starting offense or starting yeah. defense, but there's no such thing as a starting lineup. No, there isn't, and that clip is from a basketball game, so it's okay. <laughs> All right, but uh, first topic and real big topic of the week: the World Series. Astros are up three <laughs> two. Yeah. Every road team has won every game. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And that, that sucks. That sucks for everyone spending 
hundreds of dollars on these tickets. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. Hundreds, yeah. Yeah, I guess if you're right. You're lucky. Um, yeah, but if you think about it, and I don't know what the overall record is on, like, home and away, but I was thinking about, like, why that happens. And it seems to me like it would make sense that the home team often does worse. Because I would imagine if you're playing, if, if, if it's me and, and I'm playing at home, there's a lot more stress. Like, I remember even just playing high school basketball games at home and being stressed out to play homeschool basketball games. And when you went on the road, like, who cares? Because no one you knew, there's no classmates there to watch you. So who cares? So I think there's something about playing at home, which actually can increase the stress because you want to impress the home crowd and you press a little bit. So it doesn't, it actually doesn't shock me that that's, that it is what it is. I wonder just about how much is it just like, focus and travel and when you travel you're on the road you're with your team you're at the hotel you're all you're doing all you really have to do is is study and prepare when you're at home you're dealing with kids and all that stuff yeah yeah I, 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 that could be to it i mean you would think in the world series like families are traveling either way yeah i mean yeah. yeah it's it's the world series um i mean it's it's clear that it's been I was going to say it's been about pitching because those first two games, it looked like it was all about pitching. But suddenly, like, Houston's bats, like, just came alive on, uh, the, what is it, uh, games three, four, five in Washington. Maybe they yeah. brought maybe they brought the juiced balls back. Did, uh, <laughs> did the Nats not get the message to swap the balls out for postseason? Yeah, I mean, part of it was you were waiting for the bullpen to start giving up runs and when the um when when the nationals get in a position where they can't just go with their starters and like daniel hudson and sean doolittle when you have to start bringing in guys like rainey and suero and fernando rodney you're in big trouble if you're the nats because the nats do not have a deep bullpen they have like two guys back there and when you get behind early and your starter doesn't go deep um it turns into these other guys pitching and, and that's when it gets ugly. So it's hard to keep the game close with that. And yeah, I think the story was the opening that the nationals beat back to back Cole and Berlander Cole, who hadn't lost a game since like may they beat him in the first game of this, of the, of the series. And after you beat Cole and Berlander, if you're the Nats, you're thinking this thing's going to be a cakewalk. I just knocked off their two best pitchers. One well, the two of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, yet they haven't won a game since. And the guy who pitches the best, better than anyone, I can't even think of his name right now. I know you guys didn't hear, ever, ever hear this guy, a uh, rookie for the Astros, um, who pitched, what, like six innings of, of no-run baseball. Right. Um, so when what I thought was going to be a bullpen game, uh, this rookie just uh, dominated. And so it's it's crazy that the Nationals beat Cole and Berlander, yet haven't been able to win a single game since then. Yeah, and the the Nats, it totally sucks for the Nats on Sunday that Scherzer couldn't go because he's clearly yeah. their best pitcher. So if they've got any shot to win this thing, they're going to need him to pitch Game Seven. Yeah, and you know if Scherzer's not pitching in a World Series game, like the, <laughs> the man's broke, well. and I would yeah. be shocked if he pitches at, if he pitches at all. Well, it's, 
I mean, it's, it's not like you can't move your arm and then a couple days later you can pitch in a World Series. I don't know how that works. Yeah, well, I mean, that that is how it works with like back spasms. They said he couldn't get out of bed. Like that can happen apparently, and then okay. and then like the next day you'll be perfectly fine. Okay. So hopefully, I mean, for their sake, they've got Strasburg going in Game Six, and then Scherzer ideally Game Seven. Like if they're going to pull if, it if, out, it's needed. Right, right. Ideally, that's if you said, "Hey, there's we got two games. Our entire season comes down to this. Who do you want to pitch?" It'd be Strasburg and Scherzer. The sure. problem is they would have rather had it be Scherzer Strasburg and try not to get to Game Seven. Now they're trying to force it to Game Seven. Or be, yeah, or be up three two. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest stories though to emerge from this World Series is the Astros front office kind of debacle. I don't know what else to call it, but a debacle. Um, so I guess this is this was after the ALCS. Right. Um, when Tambom, who is uh, what, like the assistant GM, or he's, he's someone in the front office. I didn't even heard of this guy before. Um, but he, I guess he got in the face of three female reporters and was like shouting how good Asuna did and how glad he was, how glad he was he traded for Asuna. Um, and Asuna, of course, is famously or infamously associated with the domestic violence case. When they traded from Toronto, he was, you know, amid these um, domestic abuse allegations. And and so the three female reporters, like, thought this is directed towards them, like rubbing it in the face that this domestic abuser um, uh, is supported by the front office. And then, like, so the story is is bad. But then, like, the Astros refusal to do anything about it and the refusal to acknowledge wrongdoing for days, right? That was the ALCS. And just a couple of days ago, they right. finally fired Brendan Tombaugh. And they finally, like yesterday, admitted, yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> we, uh, and we should have fired him a while ago. But Lunau, the, the GM, I think even till now, like still admits no wrongdoing. No. And they gave one of those apologies, which are the worst apologies right. you ever see. Like, I'm sorry if you took this wrong or something like right. that. I'm so, sorry if your feelings were hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but isn't there something about the fact of, all right, so this uh, Tamman guy, Brandon guy, was, was there saying, I'm so glad we got this guy, so glad we got this guy, while they're celebrating that they won the ALCS. So while there's lots of alcohol, while there's lots of celebration going on, isn't all right so great he's showing support for this domestic uh whatever violence guy isn't the entire team showing support for this guy by paying him to pitch for them well that's uh, the thing this guy's saying something but like to fire him if you really care don't you fire the pitcher well well, you fire the gm two years ago when you trade for the guy right like like they traded him in the middle of his uh Allegations. Like the, this the isn't Brandon was the guy screaming in the face of a female reporter with the domestic purple wristband yes. on. Like he knew what he was doing. Yes, he knew what he's doing, and he should have got fired. He's being a butthole. Right, but none of this—they're not firing him because he supports this guy. They don't care about yeah. the domestic violence. All they care about is that this guy was yelling at uh, at the girls. Correct. The the guy has a domestic violence right. history. Yes, but it's got nothing to do with that. Well, this is all about a guy yelling at girls. Yes, correct. But here's the bigger issue, Josh. And here's why it affects the Orioles, too. The question is, though, if this is like allowed and this is looked at as okay, and the management 
does like supports the guy who's doing these jerk things and the fact that they traded for him to begin with all of this may point to a culture a front office culture that is not a a very positive culture or very inclusive culture uh maybe like a a white male kind of um woman he man woman hating culture and this is the culture where that Michael Elias is coming from um with his boy. So could he bring as I'm talking about Sigma my my Dell, they both came from Houston. And so it, is this a case where he's bringing that kind of corrupt culture into Birdland? Should that be something that we should be aware of? Like should someone sit down with Michael Elias and say, "Hey Michael Elias, what's up, dude?" Uh maybe it's it's always you're always going to be chasing whatever the hot tip topic is in culture. Two years ago, trading for this guy wasn't a big deal. Now it's a huge deal in uh, media and spotlight and everyone making a big deal about this stuff. So you're going to get more attention. So two years ago, when they won the pennant, he could probably have yelled, thank God we traded for this guy. That guy made the difference, blah, blah, blah. Now can't do that i don't see i don't see what one guy yelling has to do with the culture we've decided that baseball teams are okay with bringing in guys with domestic violence past so why then would you be surprised if a gm who had a responsibility for bringing in a guy who then made a big difference in the in the game is excited about that well because i think the normal response and why i get to the culture issue the normal response would be to like just be upfront and say, "Hey, listen, I was drinking, I was celebrating, we had just won, and I right. was dumb, and I yelled at them, and I'm sorry." But that's not what happened at all. Right. That that's right. That's what the proper response should have been. And so I think he was fired, Josh. You're right. He was fired not because the initial thing even. No, he was I fired. I think he was fired because how it was handled. Right, but did uh, I think, did I think he mishandle it, or did the Astros mishandle it? Both. If even if he would have made an apology like you just said, Matt, he still was getting fired. But he wasn't fired until days after when everyone freaked out. No, I think... But even if he'd have made that apology, people would still be freaking out. Even if you apologize, there is no forgiveness. Well, that's true. People do not forget, and people do not forgive. We're seeing that over and over again in today's climate. Especially, he's a privileged white male. Right. Right, and Matt, you even set it up like, are we suddenly a baseball that's white male-centric? Baseball front offices across the board are white male centric. Yeah, but it's that, how it that, is. But that doesn't mirror the way the game's going, right? The, the but that, game is intentionally way more inclusive to women, women reporters. We see it, right? Women, um, partially uh, analysts, partially because they're being forced that way. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it's a woman hater club, as you said. Things just naturally progress. This seemed like a woman hater move, though, right? And shouldn't we be a little more sensitive to, no, to, it's, to it's, that? No, it seemed like okay. a drunk guy who then didn't apologize right after, and the Astros tried to think people would forget it, and no one forgets anything today. So the only way the Astros could fix it is by firing Thank the guy you. because they didn't apologize at the beginning. Or in the middle. Yeah, or at, right, or at any point. No or one at wanted, any point. Which means, yeah. I mean... The Astros didn't see anything wrong with him doing this, except that it was bringing bad press to them, and they had to clear him out. Yeah. And to me, that's where this turns into a little bit of a strawberry story. Like, I do dumb things all the time, and I say I'm sorry a lot. And it's not that hard. Just say, I messed up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't understand what the big deal is. 
the only yeah the only thing I'd say about that is that as Bert was saying, people don't accept forgiveness, allow forgiveness anymore. So maybe they were trying to hope the story would just go away by ignoring it, rather than if they said, "I'm sorry, it's back in the press again." Would be the only thing, logical thing I could think to kind of make some type of sense of it. But they should know better that things don't go away anymore. So I'm. We should not at all be concerned with Michael Elias. No. What's well, Michael Elias have to right. do with with that idiot that Brandon, whatever his name? Right. Is. This is where he comes from. Uh, with Luna was his guy, the GM of the Astros, going all the way back to to the Cardinals. Like he traveled with him to Houston. And then he branched off. So he's he's been part of this you, Loon Howe front office culture for several years. No, this was a, this was one man, all right, one man doing something, and then the organization didn't know how to backpedal, and didn't know how to get away from it, and and tried to ignore it. And I, and I, in hindsight, I think that's really the only two reasons they lost the first two games of the series because of the distraction. Once that once they fired that guy, the Astros got back down to business, and they're dominating the Nats. And right, this series is going to be over tomorrow night. All it was all karma. Yeah, basically. By the way, uh, based on what I saw in the seventh inning last night, we need more women involved in baseball. Matt was in bed by the seventh inning. I, I fell asleep. What happened? But my my Twitter my Twitter oh, feed. Got... My, yeah, it's all yeah. over Twitter. It's all over Twitter, Matt. Uh, I, can that, two, yeah. I can think of two big reasons why uh, women should be more involved in baseball. Apparently there was three, but the camera only caught two, and apparently it's way more inclusive now. Yeah, those. <laughs> let's just say, Matt, those women got all got letters banned from all uh, major league stadiums. So apparently I know. Right, so there's at least three women that baseball is not apologizing to. Okay, you guys go on with the show. I'm going to Twitter.com and searching women banned uh, and see what I can come up with here. Oh, you'll find uh-huh. it pretty quick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could just search baseball women. It's the first thing that comes up. Oh, yeah. Women banned MLB. Yeah. You'll get some nice letters. I like that they got letters like immediately, though, that they were banned. Yeah, like the next morning. Yeah. I, I, they, I should, think... uh, they should oh. team up with Pete Rose. Oh, my. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, little, it's a little weird to uh, – <laughs> It's a little weird for that to be the headline the day after uh, the World Series when Matt's trying to talk about women being more inclusive and more uh, <laughs> women rights more in, in, in baseball know, were games. Were they Astro fans or Nats fans? They were money fans. Who cares? No. They, were money pu- <laughs> they were publicity fans. And those were some close seats, so they had to be – They had to, someone paid for those seats. They yeah. had the coach club or whatever we sat there before. I mean, those are the best seats in the house. <laughs> I mean, right, uh, anything else uh, from the game i mean two games left back to houston tomorrow hey uh, uh uh donald trump made an appearance yeah he was he was booed josh your thoughts um we country's weird right now where everyone hates everything and no one can get along but uh, the whole lock lock him up thing. It seems a little disrespectful to the president when we're being showcased like a sport across the country. It kind of makes us look stupid that we don't like that we are chanting lock him up to our president. I just don't understand why no one. It seems to me can just believe something and shut and up then about have it. Have that belief and stay with it and not have circumstances 
and context determine how they behave. Right. Because everyone in there who's chanting lock him up are all the same people who were screaming that it was so immoral that Trump supporters were screaming lock her up. Right. Uh, at Hillary Clinton. So I just I'm I'm sick of the nonsense. I'm sick of the um, inconsistencies. Um, I think I, it's all just a bit and silly. You, and you got to remember that most people don't even understand politics or what's going on in the world. Well, so, and, and if, if uh, you want to take a shot at Knott's fans, most of them don't understand the baseball game either. So well, yeah, really that's, gotta, definitely, that's definitely true. <laughs> you really got a poor, poor, I poor just, crowd base there who doesn't understand politics or the uh, – or, or the baseball going on. I, I, just, I just don't get it. We've all been at things where things happen that we don't agree with, but we're still respectful. Yeah. And I, that just I, seems I agree disrespectful. I Trump, but, uh, but, but I would never – I mean I have a, people cry when I booed Chris Davis for hitting 100. I mean, come but, on. But if you, look on, <laughs> if you look on Twitter like, and you look at the news and people around, people don't speak about Trump like he's the president. So it's hard when we're hearing like, well, you're supposed to respect the role of the presidency, but people from day one haven't, with the whole "not my president," it's like it's always been this way with him since since he was elected president. So it's yeah. not too surprising, but the country is in a horrible spot now with how we can't just get along and be friends. Yeah, and people say, and again, like I am not a Trump supporter in any way, but people say. They have the right to do that because Trump, the way that Trump talks and Trump does talk in kind of he increases the rhetoric and he talks in really a nasty way. But like, again, that does not determine how I talk and how I react. Yes. Right. So just because he says that does not give me the right to just right. to just say it back to him. Right. Because we are better than that. So I just think it's all. It's all, all right. But I think that's enough political talk for the show. We've avoided political talk on the show for the most part. Yeah. Well, this is. I mean, we're not Deadspin over here. You see, you see that story? No. Yeah. Dead, Deadspin right after that, uh, the Trump thing. I don't know if it's related or not, but everyone who worked at Deadspin got an email saying you're not allowed to talk about anything but sports on Deadspin. Okay. And Deadspin, yeah. I thought was like a pop culture. Thing. Yeah, Deadspin used to be. Remember, ESPN got that notice a while ago, which is weird well, they because got the notice with uh, China too. Hey, don't talk about China. Right. Right. But. But 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 they also got the push to really push uh, racial stuff yeah. uh, a while ago. So, but not too far because then you get fired. Like, uh, what is her name? Uh, Hill, whatever her name was. I don't know that one. Jamia Hill, I think it was. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, all right, um, Josh, you want to swing to a commercial and then we'll hit up the the ball bag. Let's do it. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. You're just a ball bag, ball bag, ball bag, a ball bag, my friend. Hey, ball bag. How you doing? What's your name again? It's ball bag. 
That's right, boys and girls. Ball bag is back to the time of the show when Josh reaches way deep down into his sack and pulls out a ball and reads the question. Yeah, hands haven't been in the sack in a while, so there's a whole lot of questions here. Oh, my. This should get exciting. So, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I guess I'll get rid of all the ones about Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope and uh, Buck Showalter. But uh, let's start with Trey Mancini. Do the Orioles trade Trey Mancini this offseason? Should they trade, extend him? Do they do anything with Trey Mancini this offseason? <laughs> I think no answers. When, when people ask this question, we want to know like what we can get back for him. And so to do this, you need comps, right? Like what can you compare Trey Mancini to? Um, I saw um, Trezza try to do this or Jamioli. To me, those guys are the same. I can't tell the difference between those two guys anymore. But someone talked about it. And it's really hard because in 2019, and he used a comp like Hunter Pence in like 2008. And trades are completely different now in 2019. And so um, trade maintenance value is only going to be to certain teams. And people do not want to give up prospects. And so if I'm the Orioles, it only makes sense to trade him. If you're getting like a, a couple of top 100 prospects back, I don't think that deal's out there. I think, I mean, certainly Michael Elias would listen. I don't think the deal is, is out there that, that, that he wants. And there's no reason, like, you don't need to trade him now. Um, you know, he's locked up for a couple of years. You don't need to trade him now. So you can let him play out this season and then decide then if you want to trade him or extend him or whatever. Let him be the grizzled veteran on our World Series championship team. Yeah, I like <laughs> right. that. Maybe, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, and that's my thought is, like, we have other options for first base if necessary. We don't have to sign someone right now. Let's just wait and see what he does. Let it play out. He's not – He's uh, you, you have enough. He can play left field, DH, first base. He's not blocking anybody. Um, so, yeah, I'm agree, I agree with you. Let it play out. And if someone calls you and, like – Wants to give you a, an awesome prospect, fine, but um, someone have to blow the doors off to for me to trade Trey Mancini. All right, all right. What went wrong? We dreamt as uh, during the good times of the Oriole fans. We always talked about how Galsman Bundy. That's going to be this like established one and two. What went wrong with the Galsman Bundy? Is it bad development? Bad coaching? Is it just? Bad players that we overscouted. What do you guys think went wrong that we never saw Gosman and Bundy? Any at any point we never saw them as a one-two combo, like they were promised. Bad development. We've never we haven't produced a good starting pitcher since Mike Messina. We talked about this for years now. Uh, something's wrong with these guys who were top pitching prospects, guys who were untouchable at the trade deadline a few years ago. And all of a sudden you're giving away for scraps to Atlanta for Kevin Gosman. And now Dylan Bundy is just a spot taker as a fourth or fifth starter at best. Uh, it's just how, how the far the, they have fallen um, from what they were projected to be. And if everyone around the country was projecting these guys as to be top two starters and they didn't turn out that way, Whose fault is it? It's it's the organization's fault that somebody or some group of coaches somewhere along the line screwed these guys up uh, from the potential that they could and should have been. 
Yeah. Uh, Josh, is this, is this your, like sometimes listeners write in questions and sometimes we yep. put them in there. Is this a listener question or your question? This is a me question. Okay. This then is a question me... I came out with based on some listener stuff I saw online. Okay. Because before I bash any listeners, yeah. let me quote Bryce Harper to say, this is a clown question, bro. <laughs> Josh, I'm focused. You want to rehash the past. I'm focused on the future. I'm on to <laughs> Cincinnati. I'm on to Hunter Harvey. I'm on to DL, DL Hall. I'm on to Grayson Rodriguez. All right. But sometimes you got to learn from the past. And I'm I guess, on to DL Hall. And my question for you would be, is this then kind of, is the fact that Gossman Bundy, that this stuff didn't develop, is that why Elias cleared house? We're on to Grayson Rodriguez. Yes. Yes. These guys should develop into superstar prospects, superstar talent on the major league level. And if Mike Elias is as good as advertised, they should be. Yeah, well, and, and, and Mike Elias, I would argue that um, Kevin Gossman maybe, but um, Dylan Bundy was a higher was, was looked upon as a higher prospect than yes. D.L. Hull or Grayson Rodriguez even. Um, Kevin, Hull, Kevin Gossman may, may, maybe on that level, but Dylan Bundy even better. Um, I think what Mike Elias is tasked with is taking even like average pitchers like Dean Kramer and turning them into major league starters who can contribute. Right. So we clearly have thrown away how we develop pitchers and we're embracing a new and hopefully better way to develop starting pitching. So for years, the Orioles haven't given that, that uh, reputation for being unable to develop pitchers. And it's, you can never tell, right? If Kevin Gossman was drafted by the Marlins or I'm sorry, drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays, or if Dylan Bunny was drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays, would he have, would Dylan Bunny have been hurt less would he have been successful sooner? Uh, these are all like a kind of what-if questions that are impossible to answer. Right. But what I do know is that we have a new kind of development system in place um, that I think is going to be bear good fruits. So, all right. So you're at, you're now your Oriole fandom is now at the point of look forward, don't look back. On the on the Cincinnati, on the Grayson Rodriguez, on the DL Hall, right. on the Keegan Aiken. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, uh, Matt. You excited Not about? Question. You excited about Baby Shark? Now, a lot of lot of people are making fun of Nationals fans for Baby Shark. Is Baby Shark any worse than Seven Nation Army or Thank God I'm a Country Boy? Yes, it's a child <laughs> song. Yeah, but it's it gets the, but it it's gets a the whole song. It gets the whole crowd excited. Get people going. That makes me sad. It's like uh, Rubber Ducky, you're the one pumping up uh, Camden Yards. I don't think so. How do, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna participate. Do either of you even know how like the Nationals, like how they brought this song into being? It wasn't it Gerardo Perez. Uh, did he bring it into it? What did he bring it? Did he bring it? What like a walk-up song? I, I, don't, I don't know, but Gerardo Perra is given a lot of credit for kind of turning the locker room around, and I thought part of that was this whole Baby Shark thing, but I could be wrong. All right, well, see, if it's something like that, that it's like a locker room thing that they brought out, doesn't that give you some type of credit that, like, it fired up the team, bonded the team together, that now it's bonding the fans together? I yeah. mean, it's something to be embarrassed about in, 20, in 10, 20 years, but, I mean, right. isn't anything that excites the crowd good? It's it's good Besides that it's happening in Washington, where they really don't really have a fan base anyway. So I mean, it's perfect 
for the armchair for baseball the, fan who lives in D.C. That, to have something yeah. to cling on to because otherwise, yeah, they don't have much of a personality. For, for the Fisher-Price fans? But I I would be humiliated if the Orioles <laughs> made it to the World Series. We're on national television every night of the week, and they're playing. We're all at Camden Yards in a packed house where it's $3,000 a ticket, and you're singing Baby Shark. Right. And there's <laughs> right more people wearing shark shirts than national shirts. Yeah, so on this one, I'm going to concede. I, I, I disagree with Bert, but I'll concede that he's correct because everyone on Twitter and everyone you talk to says Bert's correct, so I'll go with it. My perspective, Josh, and I love how you say, isn't like, should, shouldn't we celebrate fans having a good time except for the wave, right? Yeah, like, except for I'm the wave. Pro wave. The wave's distracted. I'm pro wave because I'm pro fans having fun. And this is another way for fans to have fun. And, like, I love how everyone wants to say to baseball players, like, yeah, have fun, right? We love Ronald Acuna. Right. And we love Yasiel Puig. Flip your bat. And we love Juan Soto for having fun, yeah, and flipping your bat and and uh, and being emotional, being excited. But the moment, like, a fan tries to get excited, all of a sudden, hey, 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 that's too far. Stop being silly. Like, come on, right. man. Um, but but again, like that's my take on it, and I know I'm wrong because everyone tells me I'm wrong. So there's some like issues where I'm willing to concede that my opinion's wrong. I just don't see what the problem is of fans having fun. That's why I'm pro wave and pro baby shark. I, it just comes down to a stupid song that they picked the all bond behind. Like pick a cool song, pick something that's hip, not not something your three year old right. sings in while they're spitting up and pooping their pants. Like Oriole fans got excited for like that "Glad You Came" song a few years ago. In sure. the good times and stuff like those were at That's least the real best songs. Song in the world. But it was a real yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Salas had his way, every time we would hit a home run, the Orioles would play the song "The Ants Go Marching," two by two, hurrah, hurrah. I think that could kind of catch on. I think I think you're on to something. If I was running the Nats the Nats and set, and I saw that this stupid uh, Baby Shark game took on took off, I would try in between every innings more toddler songs. Yeah, I might like after I hit a home run, do 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 a little hit a home run. I'm a little teapot and do a little teapot action and then run around the base. Even <laughs> right. even that would be better, even though those are children's songs. But they have a history, like they're timeless. Yeah. Uh, Ants go marching two by two is timeless. Yeah. Baby Shark is a fad. It's like Wallum Gangham style. It's like whoop, there it is. <laughs> right, you it's know like what? The it's Macarena <laughs> for preschoolers. For preschoolers, and you're in the World Series. Hold on, <laughs> Bert. Where were you? Where were you in this argument? Uh, what is it? 18, 19 years ago, for who let the dogs out? Because I, I think again, who let the dogs out is pretty embarrassing for a fan it base. It is a fad. It is a fad, but it wasn't a children's song. It wasn't an animated. Uh, you barked you can't in buy, it. You couldn't buy a a plush. Uh, who let the dogs out dog at Target in the in the toddler section? I feel like you probably could, but there were no Maybe hand motions. Maybe in 2019. There was no there little was no shark. YouTube, there was no YouTube when uh, Who Let the Dogs Out came out. True. True. Okay. Okay, okay yeah. There's, there's right. a lot this of facts that, I don't, yeah, and I, I mean, Bert's credibility, Josh, you bring up a good point, because I don't know about Bert's credit credibility, because I remember about 10, 10, 10 years ago, Bert being very much into doing the Macarena at the baseball stadium. What? What, did they ever pull that into the stadium? <laughs> I don't know. At some point, I'm sure the Macarena played at Camden Yards. Uh, I'm sure it was hammered, too. 
<laughs> and Bert did the Macarena and then went and rubbed a guy's beard right next to him. It was really weird. Yeah, I don't. I think you uh, stretched back a little too far. And, but you're right, Matt. We could get away with a whole lot more uh, weirdness and cheesiness before the internet back then. The Macarena, not sure if that would have lasted in the internet age. It's true. Um, all right, how about we finish out the ball bag with looking ahead to uh, Sunday's game. Ravens are back Sunday night. Yeah, I'm pumped. Home game. Bert's excited that they're wearing black jerseys, black on black. Heck yeah. Black blackout night. Bert, if at you, home. What, what would you put the Ravens' chances of beating the undefeated Patriots? I think it's pretty good. Um, I think the Patriots, the Patriots are three point favorites. They're undefeated. Yes, their record is eight and zero. They've played um, one team with a winning at, record. Yeah, the the teams they've beaten have a combined winning percent percentage of two fifty. Um, I think if the Ravens played all teams with a two fifty, we could probably be eight and zero as well. Um, so I think the Patriots are in for a bit of a rude awakening when they actually play a, a legitimate team with a superstar quarterback, um, and in Baltimore on national television. Um, I I don't think it's a lock that we win. I, I think it's going to be a lock. We play them hard. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, and I think the Patriots have a right to be nervous about it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not – I mean, the uh, Patriots just beat the Browns by two touchdowns. If only we got to play the Browns, I'm sure we'd beat them by like four touchdowns. Uh, so, so you were going to bring back the argument that we lost to the Browns. Right, <laughs> you guys uh, there? We lost to the Browns. The Patriots beat the Browns by two touchdowns, i.e. we'll lose by 40 points. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good logic there. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, work that think, way. We're not the same team we were when we lost to the Browns. How about that argument? I, the, we've, we've, we've had some uh, – the, the convincing win in Seattle, the one team that John Harbaugh had never beaten uh, last – Sunday has convinced me otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I'm really curious to see, like, I think our, I think our defense will be fine against Tom Brady. Um, Jimmy Smith no is supposed defense. to be back this week. Yeah. In our defense. I, I'm curious to see though, what happens with our offense. Cause the Patriots have by far what has been the best defense yes. in the NFL. And yes, they played bad offenses, but their defense still has been great. I mean, they're making other quarterbacks look dumb. <laughs> uh, we, uh, so I'm curious to see how Lamar Jackson, and you, and you know, um, Billick is going to have Bel- Bel- Belichick. Sorry, going to have <laughs> Brian Billick and someone else. Bill Belichick is going to have a scheme set to go Bel- for Lamar Jackson. Belichick, so I'm really curious to see how Lamar plays against. Yeah, Belichick so, did talk about Lamar today. He came out and said he's a problem. He's definitely a problem. He leads the team in rushing. Uh, he's very fast. He's definitely a hard guy to handle. He's fast, and that's a really big problem. A lot of the times he just outruns people. I mean, he's got good moves too. I'm not saying that, that, but a lot of times he just outruns people with his speed. Catching him is an issue, especially when he keeps the ball a lot. A lot of the issues he's running against the defense and the uh, defensive end, and the ends just aren't fast enough. So he he apparently thinks Lamar Jackson's fast. I want Belichick to get a a job on Fox doing the pregame show and talk just like that yeah. on the pregame. I mean, it, it sounds like it sounds like a Donald Trump answer. 
He's good. He's fast. Very fast. Yeah, but that that's classic Belichick, right? To give you nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. It was like three, four. I mean, sentences you can say a lot of, of words and say nothing. Yep. Because, but it's also interesting that the Ravens have this bye week in order to prep for this game. So they're they're going to come in prepared with their own game plan and maybe a backup game plan because they know they got to face this tough defense. Yeah, I mean uh, the 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 Patriots beat the Dolphins forty three to nothing. But we beat the Dolphins fifty-nine to ten. So who, who's better? And yeah. now the Dolphins are winning fourteen to nothing against Pittsburgh right now. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd be uh, nice guys, if the uh, if Dolphins can pull that out. Ravens have a nice, huge lead in their division at that point. It's Seriously. true. We got a big lead in the division. With that in mind, is this game against? Like, I know it's a big deal to kind of measure the Ravens and measure the Patriots because they haven't had much competition. But as far as standings and playoff implications, like, does Sunday's game really matter? If you think, yeah, yes, yeah, because if the Ravens can win next week, I believe that puts them in line for the second uh, second playoff slot. Correct. So that's that would get them a uh, a home a home field game. So I think and that's... if you beat if you beat the Patriots and the Patriots are continue to be the first or second best team in yeah. the AFC and you've got that head to head win over them and you finish tied, you get to be the number one seed. Right, right. It's a huge it's a huge game for that. It's a huge game to prove ourselves. Um I went into the Seattle game really confident and Matt made fun of me. I think I I feel really confident about this game too. And I think that just like the Seattle game, that this is gonna be a coming out party for the Ravens. For the defense to show that they're okay, that they're not horrible, and a chance for Lamar Jackson to really showcase and start to get into that national MVP conversation. Yeah, um, I think he's already in the MVP conversation. He and, wasn't and in. Be- ESPN put a poll out today, and he wasn't in the in the four people they listed. Oh, really? That's surprising. Was Russell Wilson in there? Yes. That's outrageous. We just outplayed him. Um, I think it's interesting, though, Josh. You mentioned that. And how I, I made fun of you, which I did, but yes, you didn't you mention. Did. But you didn't mention how you also that same week said the Jets would beat the Patriots and the Patriots beat the Jets thirty three to nothing. So I just want to point that one out. Yeah, I got that one wrong, but there was something else that I got right that weekend too that I'm blanking on. Probably Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flacco, awesome quarterback. No, I mean I didn't even get to the Joe Flacco stuff yet. We can talk Joe Flacco tonight if you want. Is his season done with the Broncos? Is his career done with the Broncos? I just think it's interesting how everyone talked about how Joe Flacco didn't have receivers or didn't have this and this and didn't have that here in Baltimore. Then he goes somewhere else and he's even worse. Have you watched any of these Broncos games? I, I, I feel bad for Joe Flacco because he didn't get to choose Denver. He got traded to Denver. The Broncos are the worst team he's ever played for. His offensive line. Gives them no time. Their defense, the past three weeks, the defense has blown the game in the final two minutes. What? The coach blew the game. Oh, yeah. Three to five. I'm going to do a draw. And and that was Joe's uh, comments. I'm going to punt it. Get out of here. Yeah. You like Joe calling out the coaching, saying they're being too soft? You know Joe never calls out anybody. So if he got to the point where he's calling out coaches, you know he's angry. Remember remember when he called things out in Baltimore was when uh, when they were – Doing the little trickery plays with Tyrod Taylor, and he said it's oh, yeah, a middle. He, sc- like he goes, "This is a middle school offense." <laughs> so Joe will speak out when he's not happy. 
The problem is we didn't see Joe on many losing teams. At least not really bad teams. So, I don't know. It seems like, uh, from what I can read online, it seems like Bronco fans are kind of like like Joe because of him making these comments. That they all also are behind Joe that it's bad coaching. Yeah, it kind of switched the heat to the coach and, and put off, off Joe. Just yeah. Yep. Smart, smart move. Joe. But then they say he won't be playing this weekend against the Browns because of a herniated disc in his neck. Yeah, which we're not sure if that's a herniated disc or is that's a Babar um, Jimenez pothole situation. Right. <laughs> it's a weird one. Yeah. So. All right. Good. Hey, Josh, good ball back segment. All right. Let's. Uh, how about your coconut of the week? I don't have any coconut of the week uh, music. Bert, okay. we need some coconut of the week music. Okay. No, I mean like right now. Give us something. Uh. <laughs> oh, All right, there we go. Coconut. Got it. I like it. Uh, so I, I'm sure you guys all saw this. I don't know how I saw this. I, I need to yeah, update you're, you're, my Twitter. Something's wrong with your Twitter. I, I don't know. I missed the thing you guys were talking about earlier, and yet I saw this guy. Um, <laughs> but, but but this is a uh, this is a, a Nats fan. Um guy hits a home run he's got a uh two bud lights one in each hand you guys sure saw this, also this video on twitter uh, oh, yeah. i put i retweeted on my twitter feed with some coconuts over top of it quote tweet with coconuts um he took the baseball right to the chest so instead of dropping either the beers he takes his chest and he leans into the ball he doesn't shy away from it he leans into it and kind of takes takes the ball the home run ball right to to the chest and then apparently yeah. picks up the ball and, and takes the ball home with him. He yeah. did like a full body bunt, you know, like you're tra- yeah. taught to do when you're bunting. You just let it hit right. it and drop. Well, here. Yeah. You guys, Would you guys want... take a home run ball to the chest? Well, how about some play-by-play for that? Okay. And, and he just let it hit him right in the chest or the gut. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. And That's and not cool. Let it hit How are you going right to say he has a gut? I like that they're giggling about it. Uh, yep. Maybe for Bud Light. I would have dropped it and tried to catch the ball, but if I was drinking like a dogfish or a heavy seas or something, I wouldn't have dropped them. But it's Why two, and you know, even, it's World Series. It so it's got to be expensive. Was, yeah, yeah, but he was willing to like save crappy beer <laughs> instead of going after this home run ball. I mean, yeah. we always joke like people, even for a bat and practice ball, would do insane things to get a bat and practice right. baseball. Like dive over a I table guess. and break your finger. Exactly. A it, training exhibition batting practice ball at that. Exactly. When they're just giving away balls left and right. But here's the guy in the World Series home run, unwilling to drop his Bud Light, <laughs> and instead takes a ball to the chest. It's it's, it's such a coping. That food. guy has endorsement written all over him. Yeah, I'd endorse him. And yeah, Bud's reaching out to him. They'll find him, and he's getting something. Maybe uh, Maybe he'll get to go to Game 7 or something on their dime. Do you think they jacked up the price of the beer just because it's a World Series? Totally. I heard that I the I heard that the World the Nats World Series hats. How much would you say for a hat? Not a fitted hat, but the little adjustable hats. Thirty nine ninety nine. Fifty bucks. How much for a World Series T shirt? Forty nine ninety nine. Seventy five dollars. Mm. Isn't that ridiculous? So yeah, I, I think I think that beer was like, like forty five bucks. No way. If they jack up the price of beer just because it's the World Series, that's insane. Why wouldn't they? They jack up everything. But it's different if you've earned 
the World Series emblem on the T-shirt or the hat, then yeah. you're going to pay a you premium for it. You don't think but that... they don't put the World Series logo on the beer. Why not? Because they just they don't. I don't see. I don't remember the price of things when we went to the Super Bowl, but I don't remember if things being no, no, jacked no, no, no. up. Well, that's different. Bowl, though. That's the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl, everything was jacked up. You had to pay like yes. ten, fifteen bucks for a sip of beer, and then like you could take All another right. sip and you get fifteen more dollars. Right. But the the prices for beer are on the wall at Nats Park. And just because it's a World Series game, they're going to go around and take all that signage down and yes. replace it yes. with new beer prices? Yes. I mean, you might be right. I think the I Orioles do that when the there. Yankees come to town. No, beer beer is beer, at least in the regular season. I don't know. Not sure. I If, I, if that happens to the Orioles, I'll be super pissed and I'll start sneaking alcohol in and uh, protest. All right, so nothing <laughs> will change. <laughs> I don't know. If, if the Orioles make the World Series, you can cost pay make them pay a hundred dollars for a beer. I don't care if they make the World Series. And and don't tell me you wouldn't spend seventy five dollars for an Orioles T shirt with the World Series logo on it. Oh no, I'd, I'd spend the seventy five. They got all my money. They've taken my money for years. <laughs> I'm not going to be tight for seventy five bucks if I can get a shirt that says World Series Orioles. Exactly. Uh, I maybe I'll skip the ALCS one. But no, I'd probably buy Wild Card, ALCS, World Series. Yeah, I'll buy them all. They got my money. Now here is a question, a question for you. Remember the answer. We'll start with a Q. All right. Question. Uh, let us know, listeners. Hit us up on Twitter with what you guys think of this. The uh this will come out Monday night, Tuesday. So the NFL trade deadline ending is upon us. And there's a lot of teams that will still need a wide receiver after this. So rumor is that teams are considering signing Antonio Brown after the trade deadline. Would you sign Antonio Brown to the Ravens? No. No. He's a nightmare. He's a basket case. No way. Would you be upset if the Ravens signed him? Yes. We already have a good good thing going right now. Why would you throw somebody like a, a poison like him onto the team? Just because he's got the ta- he's got talent. That's undeniable he's got talent. But he's a poison to the team. And when you already have a good thing going, why would you do that? He does have a connection on the Ravens. He does. I know. Uh, yeah. He was tweeting about it or somebody was tweeting about it. I mean – Good luck. Yeah, even the XFL had had tweeted that they don't want him. <laughs> well, they can't afford him. They're trying to pay their players like twenty five thousand dollars to play a year. Well, I think with our cap situation, we'll have to pay him about the same amount. Well, yeah, maybe. But uh, I mean, I guess that's why we adjust for those need. Maybe they're ready to do something tomorrow. We are the Panthers, and we run this town.
Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.